don't be one of those people that look back and say, what could I have done differently? The time for action is now. And I really need your help to keep us all safe. Thousands upon tens of thousands of cases, you know, we're going to feel that ripple effect in every way. He's not talking about cases of COVID-19, but court cases and a potentially profound effect on our legal system. Welcome to our ABC 10 News Coronavirus Impact Podcast. I'm Ben Higgins, and we're looking at the different ways the ongoing pandemic is having an effect on our community. In just a few moments, I'll be joined by a San Diego criminal defense attorney to get his thoughts on the massive shift in our criminal justice system and why it could take months or even years to get caught up. First, though, a look at some of the top coronavirus headlines for Thursday, April 9th. County leaders reported 98 more local cases of coronavirus today. That brings our total to 1,628. County estimates about 300 San Diegans have recovered. County also reported four more deaths, bringing our local total to 40. Now, the County of San Diego has a saying, when you leave your place, cover your face. That's a recommendation for all of us. And in the last week, the county began requiring some essential business employees to do the same while at work. That list grew today as bank employees were added, also transportation drivers. That includes public transit from MTS, but also individual drivers of taxis and rideshares like Uber and Lyft. 6.6 million Americans filed new unemployment claims last week. That makes nearly 17 million jobless claims over the past three weeks, meaning 10% of the U.S. labor force is out of work. San Diego is feeling its share of the pain. 10 News reporter John Horn talked to one recently laid off worker from the craft beer industry about the process of filing for unemployment benefits. The Epic Brewery's craft beer tasting room on Shelter Island is down to just curbside pickup. That's the reason its former sales director, Abby Heilbrunn, is now filing for unemployment. Depending on how long this goes, I may or may not get hired back. She's one of tens of thousands of San Diegans seeking jobless benefits amid coronavirus restrictions, a process she equates to going to the DMV online. It's me times a million plus people doing this, and the system isn't built for that kind of volume. Heilbrunn's now awaiting a $450 week weekly payment from California, the state's maximum, plus what could be an additional $600 a week from the federal stimulus plan. Thank you, John. For the first time in decades, the U.S. asylum system is now shut down to fight the spread of COVID-19 across borders. The White House says holding people in custody is too dangerous. Right now, people seeking asylum in the U.S. are being returned to Mexico. The Associated Press calls it one of the most aggressive border enforcement tactics ever. According to the AP, the U.S. has returned more than 7,000 people to Mexico in less than two weeks. Scripps Health has officially started using COVID-19 tests that deliver results in as little as five minutes. Testing launched today at its five campuses in San Diego County, but it's currently limited to hospitalized patients. UCSD and Kaiser also say they're using the same testing machines developed by Abbott Laboratories. Scripps also issued a plea to San Diegans to help keep healthcare workers and their families safe. Doctors say a surge of patients is expected soon. They're urging people to stay home, wash their hands, and practice social distancing. Don't be one of those people that look back and say, what could I have done differently? The time for action is now. And I really need your help to keep us all safe. Scripps has about 20,000 staff and physicians working around the clock. Mayor Kevin Falconer says he believes San Diego's creativity and ingenuity 
will play a key role in the country's fight against the virus. And as just one example, today he touted a new partnership with our public libraries to use 3D printers to make protective gear for healthcare workers. These face shields are very important. They provide an additional barrier to keep medical staff safe while they are on the front lines. It takes an average of about two hours to print using materials that cost about two and a half dollars. That's about 50% below the market price where you can find them. And as we speak, there are 12 3D printers at the Central Library. And those printers have the capacity to make about 50 face shields a day and about 300 a week. They're going to go directly to San Diego hospitals. Meanwhile, the CEO of Father Joe's Villages says they are making their final moves to protect their residents during the pandemic. Over the past few days, Father Joe's has been moving its residents, who are deemed not at risk, into Golden Hall in the convention center. At-risk residents, such as those who are 65 or older, are being moved into a building on Father Joe's campus. We have the infrastructure there to be able to care for them. So we have the, um, the food, the meal program. So we have uh, security. Uh, we have our employment center as well. The idea is that these locations will give residents more room to practice social distancing. We're talking coronavirus and courts today, and joining me is San Diego criminal defense attorney David Shapiro. David, thanks for your time. Uh, First of all, just give me an overview on some of the ways your profession has changed over these past two to three weeks. Well, Ben, first of all, thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Um, Our profession has changed a lot over the past few weeks. There was a lot of uncertainty, a lot of chatter about what was going to happen with the courts early March. Uh, and then word came down on, I believe it was the 16th of March, that courts were going to be closed effective the 17th of March through April 3rd. And a lot of us looked at it as, okay, two weeks, you know, we'll recalibrate, get, get some stuff done around the house, get some stuff done in our business, and, and get back to it. I don't think anyone really knew the magnitude of this back in uh, the middle of March, at least as, as it relates to lawyers. Um, and over time, it, it's really affected us. Our day-to-day operations, my whole staff of, of four, soon to be five, all working remotely. And uh, more important than that, it's affected our clients, uh, some of whom remain in custody. So what happens right now to a, a, a defendant in the criminal justice system facing charges? Is everything on hold? Are, are proceedings continuing? What, what would happen for a typical defendant right now? It, it depends. I mean, the easiest, the easiest explanation or the easiest situation to be in is you're pending criminal charges or there's a case against you, but you're out on bail or you're released on your own recognizance, basically meaning you're not in jail, right? Because what has happened now with courts being closed through at least April 30th, for most purposes, if you're out on bail, your next court date, in all likelihood, if you had court from March 17th until April 30th, your next court date is probably going to be in June. Um, So you're, you're sitting good right now. And in fact, what it means is you might be able to get a better deal, assuming that was in your best interest to begin with. You might be able to get a better deal when you go back to court because the courts are going to be so jammed up and the prosecution and the judges are going to be more willing to deal probably than they ever were. If you're in jail, that's where it gets dicey. That's where you have situations where people have been in jail for multiple weeks, say since the middle of March without seeing a judge. Starting this week on Monday, San Diego court in criminal court started doing video court. Uh, so persons in jail, attorneys in their office, district attorneys in their office, and judges in the courtroom with court staff. So some people have been, they're starting to be seen. 
But the best place to be if you have a pending criminal case is certainly not in jail. No, but you've met with clients in in jail before. Obviously, it's not a great environment for social distancing and and maintaining the current policies in uh, in interest of our health. What is it like uh, for people that you've you've had to deal with who are currently in jail? Yeah, I mean, it is certainly not a social distancing environment. Uh, it never was. Whether you're an attorney, whether you're there voluntarily or involuntarily, like so many people are. Um, you just can't have social distancing, but I mean, hats off to the sheriff here, who's done a pretty effective job, in my opinion, working with the district attorney, working with the criminal defense bar to try and release many low risk inmates, people who are toward the end of their sentence. You're never going to have the six feet rule like you're supposed to have out on the street, but you know, you're trying to avoid this thing spreading like wildfire in the jails. Um, dealing with our clients in custody has been more of a challenge. You know, usually I'd go down and see a client in jail at night or on the weekends, you know, have a face-to-face contact visit with them. Now we can't be in the same room as them. We're trying to do some video remotely, you know, so you have a more personal connection. And that's been uh, a struggle, to say the least, uh, in large part due to some of the, uh, the companies that are in charge of that. I know Sheriff Gore has talked about, uh, in, at least in the county, uh, somehow releasing up to about 20% of inmates who are either near the end of their sentences or nonviolent offenders. Uh, what has been, have you seen kind of in the practice of that? And um, is that something that we may see even beyond the end of this coronavirus pandemic? Well, I mean, there was always, you know, there was always a time when you were getting early kicks or the sheriff was giving early kicks. Sometimes you would get the final 10% shaved off your sentence. Uh, San Diego has been pretty progressive as it relates to alternatives to custody meaning, you know, whether you're, you know, on house arrest, home detention, we are certainly going to see probably an uptick of that even after the courts open, probably through the end of the year, because even though the threat may subside, hopefully in a couple of weeks, certainly in a couple of months, the most vulnerable and most susceptible to a quick spreading illness are going to be the people who work and who live in the jails. So I think we're going to see changes in every aspect, and that includes when this is all said and done, how we deal with the courts, how the sheriff deals with the inmates. And David, you mentioned earlier, I, I guess we could call it telejustice, uh, you know, meeting via video conference with judge and lawyers and, uh, you know, potential defendants in jail. What are some of both the pros and cons for that? And is that a model that you could see uh, continuing into the future? Well, I certainly hope it's not a model that continues into the future when everything is said and done. Uh, me personally, there, there have been some courts, depending on, what courthouse in the county and what level of a case where they would try and do video court or video arraignments, your first appearance, where, you know, the defense attorney's in the same room at the jail or in a holding tank and, and everyone else in the courtroom. I can't stand it because my problem is I'm not getting the vibe of what's going on in the courtroom. I'm not seeing how the judge is handling the hearing before me uh, or, you know, three hearings before me. Clients not seeing their family who may be there to support them in person. Um, logistically now it makes sense because what we're doing is we're addressing the people who are in custody, who have certain statutory rights, even though those rights have been extended, the timelines have been extended, at least they're seeing the judge, at least they're having a conversation with the person and they're seeing some semblance of justice. The most vulnerable people, the people who need the rights protected the most who are sitting in jail for weeks at a time. Short term, it's a great solution. Long term, I certainly hope it's not the norm. 
And as for the the majority of us who are not, you know, going through the criminal justice system right now, but uh, certainly may have served on juries in the past, uh, that of course is on hold right now. But what's your what's your biggest takeaway that the general public should know about the the coronavirus impact on the courts right now? Well, I think the, the biggest impact is going to be this is something that's going to be felt in the courts long after the courts open, long after things get back to whatever our new sense of normalcy is going to be. Um, a couple of weeks from now, a couple of months from now, whatever that may be. Uh, the lingering effect of a backlog like this is something obviously the country is not seeing, the world's probably not seeing, San Diego certainly is not seeing. You know, San Diego's not seen anything like this with the exception of the wildfires where the courts were closed for no more than a week. You know, now we're going on three, four weeks. We're going to go into five, six, seven weeks, thousands upon tens of thousands of cases. You know, we're going to feel that ripple effect in every way from jurors to criminal defendants to attorneys all the way up to judges and, and obviously the legislature who's going to need to respond to it uh, for years to come, in my opinion. Criminal defense attorney David Shapiro. David, good information and appreciate you spending a few minutes with us. Thank you. Always a pleasure, Ben. Thank you. Finally, it's my goal to wrap up our podcast with a little good news, even if it may seem hard to come by at times. Craft beer lovers who thought they would have to skip this year's San Diego Beer Festival can rejoice. The event will go on in virtual space. It'll all take place on the night of April 25th. Participants can order 10 packs by the Thursday before the event for 30 bucks. Your beers and a festival link will be sent to you the day before the event. There are also two locations you can pick up your beers if you like, and then everyone can enjoy the same beers together while gathering online that Saturday night. 10 News is tracking the number of coronavirus cases in San Diego County. Just go to 10news.com and click on our local COVID tracker. There you can find the breakdown of local cases by age and gender. You can also see the geographic location using our interactive map. We also have a list of resources, including how you can help those in need of supplies and how to identify coronavirus symptoms. Just go to 10news.com or download our free 10 News mobile app. That's all for today. I'm Ben Higgins. And remember, we're all in this together.